I feel like on the complete opposite end of the spectrum for a character who does nothing but love herself and is so confident in herself, which is not a bad thing necessarily. Did we, we all watched all of it, right? Yeah. Emily in Paris. Yeah, that was the thing. I, yeah. Bravo. Oh my God. I watched all of it in like one day. I did too. I it was stop watching. It was criminally easy to get through. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, criminally but, easy. I want to rewind. What was everyone's thoughts? How did everyone feel about Sex in the City? Because this is from Darren Star. I love Sex in the City. I love Sex in the City. I probably. I love the it. series. I don't love the movies, but I love the series. Yeah, yeah. The movies are ter- not great, but yeah. I have seen this series through probably three or four times recently. Mm. Oh, I think oh. I, I watched it this year. No, okay. I haven't. I mean, it's probably it's dated. It's dated. Yeah, it so issues, but over as a whole, I enjoy it. Because I remember I watched it through when it was first coming out, and I very much enjoyed it because I think it was sort of aspirational, and I like did not understand how utterly fictional these characters' lives were, <laughs> especially having lived in New York. After I was like, oh no, yeah, not yeah. how this works, <laughs> not at all how this works. But I've seen bits and pieces from it recently, and I'm like, nope, doesn't hold up, and I don't want to sully that memory. Yeah, that makes sense. I haven't, I but, haven't watched it recently, so it's hard. I watched it this year. Yeah, I okay, good, yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, so so anyway, my my thing was, I was like, okay, she she feels like we've got Emily. She moves to Paris. She feels like, a, you know, a, t- a Carrie Bradshaw-esque, self-confident white lady. It's just There's no other way to describe her. She's the young white lady. How old do we think she's supposed to be, by the way? About 30? You could, I mean, I have no idea, honestly. 25? It, it was, <laughs> she acted, and as, you know, a group here where we are all on the older end of the millennials, I believe, she acted like the youngest, most annoying type of millennial I've ever met in my life. Yes. slash maybe the next generation so I was like <laughs> feeling like they were trying to pretend she was like early 20s but I uh, oh but that was out of hope for like no one our age is this annoying but I guess I, <laughs> I but I don't but I don't know I, I really don't know I think I think the strength of Sex in the City was the female friendships and the relationships that they had with each other and mm-hmm. the ability to tell different stories from those different points of view and you can say that they were archetypes and and maybe not true to like people right I think they were fairly they were represented well well rounded find something that you related to right I remember being like oh you're Miranda are you a Carrie are you a Charlotte what are you where are you in between but I do think that they each of those characters while characterizations in a way were also human Mm -hmm. so they tended to have foibles and good parts to them and all that stuff they made mistakes this unfortunately focusing on one person who apparently (laughs) (laughs) is disastrously optimistic was very hard to watch like what are her character flaws being too good at her job being too optimistic being too being way too in the worst kind of type a like I know plenty of type a people I like a lot this was if this was just that kind of insufferable person like I just I was so just like you were so annoying and all I'm sorry but all the I get it was hashtag Emily in Paris and this and that but all the social media stuff and everything I was like that's what I did maybe I'm just too old for this maybe teenagers will love this I don't know if it's for them I guess what I hated about it is she didn't earn any of it like it wasn't like she just magically walked into all of the things and everything was just because you know she posts one picture as Emily in Paris and suddenly she's got you know thousands of followers and there was nothing interesting about that photo if she had stumbled upon something that went viral or like 
I don't know. It would have been more interesting to me, I guess. It was just supposed to show she was a marketing genius or something. Right. My absolute favorite part of it, like from the beginning, this is what set me off because I do deal with social media every day for my job. And her first photo or selfie or whatever from Paris, she's got this beautiful view of the city behind her. And if you look at the actual photo that she posts, the you know the kind of little mini snapshot that they do, it's ang- it angles out the city. So it's yeah. just a yeah. selfie of her face, super yeah. close up. And then like a little yeah. bit of a balcony. It could be anywhere in the world. And I was like, If you're going to fake this and you're going to say that the whole storyline revolves around her gaining this social media following because she's in Paris, show Paris. Yeah, just do it right. I thought her friend that she met in the park was nice. I liked it. She was fun. I enjoyed her her. as a character well enough. I will say shamefully, and I don't know if I was just kind of paying full enough attention, but the whole reveal, you know, obviously we know this whole thing spoilery, the whole reveal where we find out that the other friend she made was actually dating the guy. Oh yeah. Like oh. I, it actually surprised me. I was, <laughs> I was like, Oh really? Like that was the only moment in the whole show where I was like taken aback. Like, Oh wow. And I should have seen that coming from 10 miles away, but it, it just, it was, that surprised me a little bit, but. Uh, but I also hmm. just think ugh, nothing in the whole series was earned. So it just no. felt like yeah. even the romance between the two of them, and you know, I love a romance and I especially love a yeah. Starcraft romance. Like I'm really into that. I w- will watch that anytime. <laughs> they barely had any chemistry she saw him like twice trying to open his door but it wasn't like they had no meaningful connection that I could figure out and suddenly she's beside herself with grief that he's leaving and like sleeping with him and then it's like the thing where we're supposed to want we're supposed to be rooting for them but he sucks too like he was okay I'm a fine my fine with him I think he was very attractive well no he was attractive but he but I just mean as a person like the kiss was definitely into it. He was giving her the flirts and this and that, mm-hmm. whatever. And he had a girlfriend the whole time. He was a dog. And I'm just kind of like, That's I wasn't, it's it's kind of, I'm the guy who doesn't want Carrie to be as big either. Okay. So I'm like, I'm just like, ew, like, I don't know. And so I, did, I wasn't rooting for them. Yeah. I was going to say, I, re- I realized her biggest flaw is she is the hugest violator of girl code. She had zero, mm-hmm. zero. They were not broken up yeah. when they, one of the no. times that they like get together and she mm-hmm. could not have cared less. She felt, she did, she clearly did not feel any remorse about it. I was like, oh, you're a psychopath. As she's like maintaining this friendship and trying to get the account, you know, for her parents' champagne, you know, you could argue that the character of Carrie Bradshaw doesn't really have great girl code in a lot of ways, but she has it in some other ways. I guess her friends find makeup for it (laughs) where she doesn't have it as much. And it's a thing where it's like, you know, there's still that charm and she's, I don't know, you can kind of get behind certain things and you understand the selfish decisions. And you, even though she is making decisions that I'm like, oh, that's so selfish. I think there's a part of her that understands itself as well. Whereas this girl, I just felt had no, like- She's a psychopath. Thoughts about anything yeah. that weren't just fully related to her. It just was so interestingly- Carrie's by far like the most being annoying character probably. But see, the thing is, the reason that she is, is because we care about her. And when she makes dumb decisions, we're like, Carrie, stop mm. it. Whereas with- Emily I mean I didn't care what she did there was no part of me that was like oh don't make out with him I was just like oh that was a choice yeah I mean Um, I don't I didn't find her relatable like there are moments where I found Carrie there are plenty of moments where I found Carrie Bradshaw relatable Mm -hmm. Lily Collins's character with Emily I was like I I don't find this relatable at all no I I really didn't supposed to be get sad when she got fired like uh, that was supposed to be the low point I think um that that she like wasn't accepted by the French people well that was another source of confusion for me is maybe you need to clear this up for me I don't know but her bigger more successful marketing firm in America acquired this marketing firm in Paris right right so they part of the deal 
was that they were sending out an American ambassador to basically have like the American eye and all this kind of stuff in things they're doing. I was very confused about the fact that this woman really had the power to fire her. No, at all. I don't think she could have fired honestly, her at all. I think it was a completely false stake. Every single time something was at risk of not going her way, she's like, oh, I'm going to get fired. I'm going to get fired. She's going to fire me. And I'm like, why are you, the whole time I was like, why are you worried that this woman's going to fire you? Like, she's your boss, air quotes. But like your boss is back in America. So I, I was just very confused about it. And then also these people that worked at this, you know, marketing firm in, in Paris were awful at their jobs. And I'm like, how, how have you been afloat this, this long? First of all, if you're just awful at everything and she has to solve everything for you. And also, how did you get acquired by this really successful <laughs> right. marketing firm when you're this awful? Like, it just, you know what I mean? Like, it was just so weak. It was so strange to me that they wouldn't just let her do all the work either. She was more than willing to do all of the work all of the time. Yeah. And like, why not just let the American do it? And she would just at one moment be a marketing manager and the next moment be a, an assistant to the boss lady in Paris and have to babysit this person or do this or that and like, go get, do an errand. It was just like, this, oh, this is just The bizarre. babysitting of the American actress, that was such a dumb episode too. Oh, that was terrible. I, so I think yeah. her, her constant fear of getting fired was one of the contributing things where I was like oh maybe she is young and doesn't know any better but that's not how yeah. Yeah. structure works right because if you're I mean uh, trust me I mean I've had a high stakes high stakes things at jobs like we all have where it's like you know there are certain things where I'm like man if I mess this up this could be <laughs> this could be it yeah. but to where yeah where every single project you're on if this goes wrong you're fired or you should know better than to be like Chicago thinks that XYZ you know use that to to defend yeah. yourself like oh well we gotta <laughs> right. wait for Chicago to weigh in Right. And you're there. And well, and the reason why she ended up getting fired was just because some famous designer decided he didn't want to show anymore and very little to do with her. And can she at least screw up? Right. Yeah, that's true. It wasn't, it wasn't even her. I mean, it was her fault. Sort but of, yeah, but not it, enough. It really to be, didn't feel like it was motivated by her fault, yeah. right? It should have been like, something that was she actually dropped the ball and like hard, you know, messed up. up. Yeah, not or like that he asked her to cancel wanted. the venue and she canceled the venue because she didn't know better, right? Something along those right. lines. And they're like, you shouldn't have done that because you know he always says that, but you yeah. know something, yeah. you know, something like that. But it, it was it was something that was more the fault of the designer than it was her fault. Mm -hmm. I mean, sure she may have done stuff to put him in that mindset, but I don't. It wasn't her fault. Yeah, I mean, if I'm looking at anything positive, I'll say that, not that this is hard to do, but if if, if, if the way that Sex and the City kind of glamorized New York in a way and kind of that New York girl, this and that, this, while watching it, I was kind of like, oh, I could live in Paris. <laughs> See, I did not feel like it glamorized Paris. Yeah, it could have done more. Here are some mean French people. <laughs> oh, I think, I, I mean, I, there's someone who had a really terrible time when I went to Paris by myself. I will say that it did sort of make me vaguely nostalgic for a trip I didn't have. Yeah, I don't know. There was something about just like, I was like, oh, okay, the pair is going down to the, yeah, the pastry and do this. Like, the whole kind of thing and everything's so pretty. It's just kind of like, even though there are parts of Paris that are very pretty, but like with every city. But I don't know. It did that enough for me a little bit. But man, it just was, it just felt like it was just slapped together and it was not written well. The dialogue was not great there was just no depth to any of it and None yet we all watched all of it <laughs> but that's the thing i i did i did do it in one day i was doing some other stuff but it, i had it on and it was just easy to get through and it, it was i truly think part of the contributing reason that we're like oh no but that may be nostalgic for whatever is we have not been able to do all the things she's doing in a very long time right we can't Probably. go we just just the idea of getting to sit outside at a bistro right now i'm like oh my god i miss drinking yeah. casually i miss yeah. eating i miss like i miss going to get pastries you know yeah and it and didn't have both. to be 
Paris. It just had to be somewhere. That's true. But coincidentally, like I think both Jackie's, Jackie's and my last international trip separately from each other were Paris. So <laughs> I think that's probably... So See, that's contributing probably factor. I, yeah, I was like, oh, there you go. I was like, oh, that was fun. You know? Yeah. I was like, oh, I should have just sat in a cafe yeah. for a while. That would have been nice. I didn't do that. Yeah, but it's, it's interesting because, you know, you look at Darren Starr and obviously, you know, we had to bring up Sex and the City because it, it's like, that's when you hear that name, there's the go together. And it, this was just such a weird misfire when you think, wow, you did something that great. And even honestly, I have to say, I have to confess, I even like the show Younger that he, I think he created or co-created and had some writing on. I, I find that show very charming and funny while cheesy and all these things. And I felt this very much was trying to be Sex and the City mixed with Younger a little bit, but really, really missed both. I think Sex and the City was aimed at the age appropriate people for it, right? It was like, okay, mm-hmm. these are, I think they were in their thirties probably or like late late twenties. I mean, like Samantha was probably like 50 at the time. No, um, but I do <laughs> think, I think it was very good about being true to what the people, none of us are quite that age or maybe are starting to creep into that yet, but there was a maturity to it that resonated. And this I feel like is older people writing younger. Yes. Which is very much evidenced by the lack of understanding about the yeah. social media stuff. It's, it's aspirational. Yeah. It's absolutely aspirational, yeah. right? It, I mean, I called this like a basic bitch's wet dream, right? Move to Paris, be swept off feet, mm-hmm. become an influencer by doing nothing. That is yeah. the dream of, yeah. I think, many of people the young people. Yeah. yeah. At the same time, as old, slightly older consumers of it, we're not old, but we're slightly older, that I think her character would be like, Lily Collins is 31. I had to look it up because I was like, how old are mm-hmm. you? Yeah. Because you look like you could be like 21. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah, good for her. I know. I don't think it's being written by the age-appropriate writers either. That's an excellent point because like you said that, I mean, Sex and the City very much so. And then even like Younger that I brought up, I mean, it's the story in Younger is that she is a woman in her 40s trying to pass for Younger because she looks younger and go work, start her career over, you know? (laughs) The characters in that that I find the funniest and the wittiest, whatever, are the characters that are in their 40s plus. And in this, her the boss lady in, in in Paris was she should have been someone that I mean she should have been my favorite character because yeah. I always like that character who's mean and hard and the boss I, I'm always that I, I live for Miranda Priestley. I was just gonna say she's the Miranda Priestley of that's uh-huh. that's my character in these shows and she was just so flat and I mean the actress was fine but it's just the the writing and she didn't have anything fun to do and, and to contribute at all because she wasn't even good at her job which is just like no. disappointing like I don't know I think it was just missing depth there was like a no emotional depth to basically yeah anybody any of it. well like, and, and she to broke your, up with her boyfriend your, and it wasn't yeah. that interesting you know I was just saying, she, to your point Dana saying about like the people were so mean to her and this and that it's like it really did make French people look terrible like yeah. I know there's a reputation and stuff but it played on that generalization that French people are rude and don't like outsiders whatever and the only people that are really also all in open nice. relationships apparently True, right that and don't have a problem that. with borderline pedophilia exactly like. and the only ones that were like truly nice aside from the friend who was dating her neighbor were not from Paris. You know, right. her one friend was from, I think she said Shanghai. Everyone that actually was French was not nice. The blonde friend, the one that was dating the guy she liked was French. Mm-hmm. She was true. from Champagne, yeah. 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 That's what I was saying, nice. aside from her, aside from her, everyone else that was French was not. And nice. of course she's, she betrays the one nice French person. That's her right. first, yeah. yeah. I want to talk about the friend for a minute, just because I like the actress. I don't, I don't, I've not seen her before, but somebody told me she was, she played Gretchen Wieners in the stage. She originated the Gretchen Wieners role for um, the oh, stage version of Mean Girls. Mean Girls. 
the, okay. the musical one. And I was like, okay, that's really cool. I guess she might also be Jewish, which, you know, for me, I'm like, Asian Jews, there's only, there's so few of us. How have I yeah. not seen her at the club meeting? <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that her character revolves around the fact that she's there to teach these little French kids Mandarin, her ma- I don't speak very good Mandarin, but I can tell you that that was not good Mandarin. Oh, and I was no. just like, oh, this is brutal. Oh. This is like on par with mine and mine is not good. And so- And that's just, that's 101. Right, could you not have cast an actress who- Spoke Mandarin. Spoke Mandarin because there are plenty of them who are also perfectly fluent in English. Also, I have met people who grew up in Shanghai and their English is perfect, but it does not sound like American English. No. And that was pretty, I was like, she sounds like a valley girl. And that's yeah. not how you sound, generally speaking. I, I liked the actress, but they, they cast her to sing. Yeah, absolutely. Which is fine, yeah, but I'm just like, don't, then don't no, revolve no. her story oh, totally. around yeah. these very crucial elements about no. th- these aspects of her Asian-ness. That wasn't like a justification. I was saying like- Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I agree. No, I, I agree. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I yeah, want to like you like, more, it's... but you took this role. Right. And it's, yeah, yeah exactly. Agreed. It could have been. Well, and I just was bummed that. that her story didn't culminate until the end. You didn't find out any of this stuff until like the last couple of episodes. And it was just like, oh, it would have been an interesting thread, I think, to know that she was like a disgraced pop star living yeah. in in Paris. I think that would have been more interesting to kind of drag it out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it came up like halfway through or I something, mean, and then it kind of just didn't really go anywhere. Those moments felt so out of place. The her singing in the park for the first time, the yeah. karaoke bit felt a little yeah. more organic because it was in a bar and there was an explanation for it. You know, everyone stopping and listening to this girl sing. I'm like, again, basic bitch fantasies. It was cringeworthy because, I mean, I liked her singing fine. I love that song, but it was just, <laughs> it was just very you're standing there, you're belting out Nova Park, and then you were surprised that anyone was looking at you. Right. Like, it's yeah. ridiculous to think, I hate, the, I hate the fantasy that all the people stopped and everyone applauded, and she's like, oh, this is a moment. Oh my God, you know, that was dumb. But also, someone's going to be looking at you. Right. And she's like, so shocked and horrified. And I was like, you were belting out in the middle of the park. But Lily Collins can't look at you. Emily can't look at you. Right. She has to close her eyes. But everyone, yeah. everyone else is fine. But. Yeah. I also thought it was hilarious that her idea of taking these kids out on a play date was just going to play and splash near this weird fountain in the middle of a park. Like they were always just going over there at the fountain. And well, it was Matt, just you didn't know the French are dirty, so they just play outside and that's, that's Clearly, it. For... I was like, is there nothing else you could be taking these kids to do? And then, I don't know, it just was, and then she got the gig at the, at the, the place and then got let go from her job. And then Emily made the comment, like, I thought it was really hard to get fired in France. I don't know the laws and rules in France, but like, I have a feeling it's probably pretty different about being employed by people to watch well, your children. Well, she also children. said, I she's like, if probably... you overstayed your visa, et cetera. Right. I'm and like, oh. It was like an opportunity for a little joke, but I was also kind of like, I would never think it was hard for a private employer like that to let somebody go yeah. anywhere, just because I think these are my children. So whatever, I mean, their reasons were dumb in my mind, but. I would have really liked it if they had drawn up the drama there of her having to make this choice of, do, am I really passionate about this and want to work and club or do I want to have stability and work for the family everything just always felt so like eh. I feel like very few of the characters were actually making guided choices or had had agency in their choices they're just I'll do this now oh look what's happened yeah. I'll do this now oh look everything's working out it's I like guess you I'll said basic, no. basic bitch fantasy where they don't actually have real consequences that matter all that much yeah when anything goes wrong and even when she was fired for however long it was, the um, Emily being fired. I mean, the first thing I would have done was touch base with my actual boss in Chicago and been like, so what does this mean? And am I getting a flight home tomorrow? Like what, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like it, that would have been my first, but she was just like, well, now I'm 
wandering around in Paris and blah, blah, like, like, as if it's like, this is where she lives now forever. And she must just, it was just this yeah. weird, Work like, pieces don't is, imply yeah. here, you know? Yeah. That is not <laughs> how the world works. It's just, <laughs> well, and all of a sudden the, yeah. the, the coworkers liked her and they were like telling her how to get past it and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, we didn't earn that either. Like, when did we become friends? I feel like they did space out that kind of warming up to her. And I don't yeah, think they really they warmed up to her, but that felt a little more organic. And I'm not saying it felt yeah. organic, but it, then certain of the other relationship yeah. development. When, that she, were kind of like, when she started giving when the, like, to all harassment. the other things that right. happened. Yeah. When she started giving the harassment, like, back to them, they were like, okay, she's playing our game with us, I guess, the whole... Yeah, boys club, basically. Yeah, and it was just like, oh, let me be the, the bitchy gay guy and then the nerdy one. And it was just these, everyone, every person was just a cliche. And it was like, China just was overdone and not. I get it. I think this has to do with just the world I work in, but the marketing campaigns themselves, I was just like, what the oh, what is happening I know. here? You know? I Let's felt that do too. an influencer experience. It's a bed. It's a, and some of the things they got right. They were like, yeah, if you have 2 million yeah. followers, you get the bigger swag bag. <laughs> if you have 20, there were, there were certain things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, but, but they were so few and far between that I was just yeah. astounded. The, the whole plot. Why does she know so much? Nobody cares that much about pharmaceuticals and pharmaceutical. I know. It's pharmaceutical know. advertising. Nobody. No. But also to like the bed thing, it was just in that meeting when she got that idea and sure. Okay. The idea is cute and like whatever. And LA is all about pop-ups and stuff. So whatever. Okay. Cute. But the fact that meeting and that scene, God, and the boss lady just sat there and she had this look on her face and she was suggesting we're going to have celebrities in the beds and the windows. Like it was some groundbreaking thing. Like, again, it goes back to you are not a firm, a marketing agency that is getting acquired by anybody. Right. If that's your grand slam idea from your, the person who's running things. I mean, like, I was I just know. like, this is, and it was just. I'm not going to lie. Some of the agencies I've worked with though, I'm like, oh yeah, no, that sounds about right. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. Major no, and, business, I and I'm like, mm, yeah. yeah. No, there are some, but it just, it just was, this was such a, it just, it just framed them like they were so incompetent and just not good. And they were going right. to be losing this and that, this business and that business. And I'm like, well, how have you made it this long? Because she's sleeping with the client. That's, that's what it came down the to. The one client. You right. Know? No, she's sleeping <laughs> with all like, of them, apparently. I know, but I just, and like, <laughs> I didn't mind that she had as much sex as she had. It just felt like, um. Oh, I'm talking about the boss, not Emily. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry. but I do think it is unfortunate that they're saying that basically that is the message they're sending, right? Is these people aren't good at the job, but this lady's been screwing this one guy. And so therefore like their business stays afloat. That's such an right. antiquated approach to this. Why couldn't she have been really good at her job? Yeah, it would have been more interesting. And it also was such a, what was supposed to be kind of, I think played on like, oh yeah, like yeah, the basic bitch fantasy was this whole American point of view. Okay, that's great. But it, I don't know if to you guys, did it feel very written by Americans? I know it was, but written in this way that it's like how America feels like all of our ideas are better than everyone else's ideas and we need to like put them on and force them upon everybody else. And so it kind of came up with campaign part where they were doing the nude woman walking. Mm -hmm. And I appreciated the point of view there and everything kind of like, oh, this is degrading or this and that. But I know a lot of other countries in the world don't look at nudity the way we look at nudity and all, all kinds of things too. So while I understand certain, hey, here's our point of view because we need to have a broader audience. It also kind of felt like very heavy handed, kind of like the American way is going to be the right way here. They didn't make clear who the audience they were marketing to, right? Because if you do right. have a regional campaign, yeah, that might have flown or, or whatever it may mm -hmm. be, right? You do make mm -hmm. accommodations for what each different culture is comfortable with. And so the American point of view 
doesn't matter if you're not marketing in America. And it did not seem like they were particularly catering towards no. an American market with any of the products that they highlighted. Because nothing ever, that's the thing is nothing ever came up where it was when we're going overseas with this or that. So it was all just there. Why do you need an American point of view? And so, yeah, if the point was, and maybe it was stated, I don't know, but if the point was that they acquired this and that these clients are going to start trying to branch out into American audiences, then yes, I could kind of see where you, and then, but it should have been more of like, let's find a fun little marriage between the American and the French point of view, rather than just like, let's just do the American point of view. Right. Because right. it just felt heavy handed. It just, I don't know. Well, I just didn't, going I back like to it. that too, it was kind of frustrating because she couldn't even explain why she didn't like it. She just kept being like, oh, it's like male gazy. You know what I mean? But yeah have a real point of view then yeah. you know what I mean yeah. if you're going to bring it up in this meeting and you're going to be upset about it then have a point of view and explain mm -hmm. it she wasn't able to do which was also disappointing it's very entitled I have a problem and so it's wrong it's very yeah entitled. but it just didn't you know she wasn't able to articulate like what about it made her uncomfortable or and we're supposed to sort of fill in the gaps there which uh, is also in stark contrast to her being this sort of perfect know-it-all she is mm -hmm. well enlightened etc was like well then she has to demonstrate it yeah and she didn't, which was disappointing. And but it all comes down to the writing. It just was like, oh, yeah. well, just... <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, I was kind of hoping that French boss lady was going to be really awesome in her job, and she was actually going to learn things from them, and she was going to yeah get an infusion of culture herself, or know? or yeah. that French boss lady would come around and they would collaborate. I thought this was going to be exactly. by the end, her being like, "You've earned my respect. Let's plus this idea up." You know, like, all right, yeah. I, I accept your base idea. What if we yeah. do this together? But that never. Yeah. And I was like, maybe that's the season two plot. Maybe. Maybe, but... But that was me. That was me, too. I was like, I wanted the Miranda... Well, I wanted, like, the Miranda eventually accepting Andy type of type of thing where, like, Devil Wars Prada, where it's just kind of like, yeah, they weren't collaborating by the end, but it had become clear that it was like, okay, I'm grooming you and I now respect you and all this kind of stuff. And it, we, yeah, I just didn't land in any even a similar way at all. And I know TV is structured so differently, but it's like, when we compare a TV show to how we... How, wanting it to be the way a movie was and a movie accomplished so much more over so much less time. I'm like, what went wrong here? <laughs> it, had tw it had twice the screen time and a quarter yeah. of the value. But at the same yeah. time, I still acknowledge that like we still watched it all. And I we think part of it, it, part of it is the content drought. Mm -hmm. But I feel like I would have watched it anyway. It's something- There are other things that I've been- It was a background start, watch for me. Mm -hmm. It was like, a, okay, mm -hmm. this, is, this is perfect that I, I don't need to see what's going on in order to yeah. know what's going on because mm -hmm. it's so predictable. Right. right. I was doing some laundry, cooking. Yeah. <laughs> you could do whatever you wanted while you were watching it because mm -hmm. you could predict exactly what was gonna happen. And right. there's something to be said about that. I, you know, I've mentioned it before with Dana. I know we watched the Housewives a lot. Jackie, you had your show of Housewives where the kind of reality TV type of vibe where it is that kind of like, it's great to just have on, whether you consider it appointment television or not, you can still get something similar from it. Yeah. And be able to, and so there is a place for things like this where it's nice to not have to sit on the couch and intently, oh, don't look at your phone, don't look at this, that, you know, the whole time and, and still feel like you were entertained at least. But I mean, we've been talking about it forever. So we clearly we found it entertaining in a bad way or, you know. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, so, I think I said it to you both. I was like, I hate, I hate watch this. I hate myself for watching right. it. But I also, yeah. I, I would be lying if I said there were not points that it entertained me because I watched the whole thing through. Yeah. Yeah. And then I looked up if season two was coming out soon or not. And then I, yeah, I, you know, I look, I absolutely Instagram stalk half the people in it. There you go. There you go. So it did its job, I guess. Yeah, I think it did. Well, the other, the other, I think, interesting thing for me is going back to the, who is this for? Who is the age demographic it's aimed at? Mm -hmm. Again, I feel like it's written by older people for younger people. 
but if you were truly the younger age, let's say early 20s through mid 20s, you're going to be like, this is not, this is wrong. It's not doing a good job of this. <laughs> this like, is wrong. <laughs> she would yeah. be on TikTok, not Twitter or whatever. I, I, I think they didn't officially yeah. say what platform she was on. I think they were a little bit agnostic about it. Or uh, yeah, you're right. It was Instagram, but like they didn't explicitly say that. I feel like maybe I'm wrong. But to that point. A lot of product placement. Well, and as an old person, I was like, I was laughing because I was like, to that point, when you talk about it being written by older people for younger people, older people don't understand TikTok. I don't understand it. I don't understand TikTok. Don't. And so they're like, we're going to make this Instagram. Like, yeah, it's like we understand the Instagram because the studio was like, you can't make it Facebook, (laughs) even though, like, so they're like, okay. (laughs) Again, this is probably just the nitty gritty social media manager. Nobody starts with fifty three followers at that age. Literally, you would have so many bot followers at that point that you know you wouldn't start with fifty three unless they were to explicitly say, "I'm starting a new account," which maybe they did in the beginning, but they were not clear about it to me. It wasn't clear enough. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll still watch season two. I recommend. Right. I will hate watch season two. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to like be sitting on the edge of my seat waiting for it, but I'll put it on when it's here. Yeah. I'll (laughs) I'll forget about this for a year, year and a half. We'll see where things are. Yeah. It's entertaining and charming. It's just not going to win any awards. And I enjoy Lily Collins. I mean, I, you know, I, I it's so it's uh, aside from the fact that her character I thought was pretty insufferable. I, I like her. So I, you know, I, I just have mixed feelings on her. And I was first of all, this she's committed yeah. to those eyebrows, which I do respect. I respect that. Yeah, I respect that. She owns it. I feel like I was upset learning that she was in her thirties. I was like, why couldn't you yeah. have been younger? <laughs> like, yeah, I think Jackie hit the nail on the head though. That aside from all of the like when we first started this, aside from all of the the things that we wish were better this way and the things we thought were terrible this way, while it's not gonna be Sex in the City, and we know that what is paramount in Sex in the City is that core friendship. Mm-hmm. And and she, while they tried to make that a little bit, it, it was not like I miss. And honestly, I know we've talked about this a little bit too. But I'm a big Friends fan, and I know not everybody is. But there's that still kind of thing where those those places where you always have those scenes in almost every episode where they are at Central Park. In Sex and City, you always have those scenes where they are eating brunch at a cafe. It's like, and that's where they're catching up and this and that, and that's where story is usually starting and being launched off and this and that. And it just didn't have any of those cohesive moments where it felt like a structured show at all in any way, to be honest. Not that you need to go by those tropes, but I miss those those core relationships that-, that Well, yeah, I also, I think you either need to have a protagonist you care so much about that you don't care that you're not following other people, or mm-hmm. you need to have a diverse set of characters who, not just in terms of like, I would have loved to see more, even more diversity on the show, but you know, you need to have personalities, different personalities, so you can relate to something if you don't relate to that one character. And for her, I was like, she is unrelatable because she's unattainable, basically. She is- mm-hmm supposedly perfection and again aside from her flaw being a psychopath (laughs) literally Mm -hmm. every person she come across wants to sleep with her well and i think you know we look at like even comparing to these other shows we talked about we look at the structure here and if unless i'm wrong correct me if i'm wrong if you can remember i think she was in every single scene we followed her the entire time we never went and saw what the friend was doing i mean i guess we saw the friend on the bachelorette and that stage thing but it was something that she was me watching on her phone but right. i felt like she was included unless i'm crazy i felt like she no, was included in every single scenario right, too, i'm trying to think yeah. we didn't go and we didn't go and see we didn't even see boyfriend and girlfriend break up. We didn't see the conversation when he decides to tell her the day before he's moving or whatever that he's moving. 
you she was involved in everything and it made it just only about her and i didn't like her wow you are right that is a very astute observation and i think even if there were fleeting moments that she wasn't in she was in you know it was about right. or it was it like was she was her. on the other end of a phone call or something right yeah, yeah boyfriend telling her he's not coming and when he's and yeah, she was, and it's like, we wow. didn't see any, we didn't get to see conversations about her between other people. We didn't get to see, we just saw how they were all treating her and how she was reacting to it. And it just made it all very one note. Well, and unfortunately she didn't have, she, she was too perfect, right? She's that, you know, Mary Sue character, uninteresting to watch if she had more flaws or it would be more compelling. I yeah. Her, yeah, her character type is usually the comic relief, honestly. Yeah. I'm I'm very yeah I'm very intrigued because I feel like this the show is very much aimed at I would say women, and would she is she an attractive character to men? Not to me, but <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I because because obviously like I think that's the point of every man is falling over head over heels for her on the show for mm-hmm. some reason, and I I did struggle with that I think with Carrie Bradshaw's character too to a degree. Carrie knew how to flirt though. She like her dialogue and the conversation, like she could flirt and start a conversation. I believed, I believed most of the people that she was talking to, I will say in Sex and the City. I don't, I can't say all, I don't know. I can't, yeah. you know, but, but most, I felt like she was, she was a good personality. You or know, at least kind of she thing, was aiming to was, flirt as opposed to yeah. this was just like my mere right. presence. Yeah, my mere presence and you're all falling over yourselves. I think that was more of it too, was that she wasn't a particularly charming person because all she wanted to talk about was work, which was such a strange yeah. Oh thing. my God. Well, yeah, because she was it, never trying to attract, right? Just, right, and so she was always at the party trying to pitch them something and they were all falling in love with her while she's talking about boring things. So it was just kind yeah. of like, why? And, and there are those magnetic people out there. Like I, I do, I've seen, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, you, they could be talking to you about like paint drying and, and they still are, they have a magnetism to them. And I don't, I'm not saying that Lily Collins, the person might not have that, but I'm saying that the character of Emily did not portray that to me. And so not to me. I, I, no. but, but at the same time, like as a coming from the female perspective, like it was like, well, maybe it's because I'm older than her probably, but I don't find her aspirational. And then I don't find, I wouldn't want to be her friend. She seems like a very selfish no. friend. And so who is she? Who is, who is well, an insufferable? You know? Yeah. She yeah. would just drive me crazy. <laughs> just... She would drive me up the wall, you know? And then, yeah, I don't know. It's conversation. She is that influencer friend, right? She is that type, that stereotype of person who just wants to kind of constantly network. It's the like for like, it's the you be in my thing. Let's collab, let's do whatever. You know, she is that personified, which is I think kind of our society's downfall maybe. I don't know, I might be yeah. reading too much into this. I think I was, what was I, what's the upward social comparisons is what they're yeah. called. And I'm like, oh, she's trying to create, they're trying to create this comparison that people can model themselves on of that's unattainable. Yeah, yeah. And to that point, I will say if, 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 their goal which I don't think it was that if their goal was to make it look like Americans are unlikable they succeeded I know I was like I'm probably I'm probably giving this show too much credit for like the upward social comparison no so totally like, but I'm, yeah, like, I'm like no this is more than it deserves who are decent maybe don't necessarily aspire to be influencers but spend a lot of time uh, crafting their social media no I think they do desire to be influencers they just won't be honest about it yeah, maybe. No, totally. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah, they just the don't admit is, it. I know plenty of those people, and I will say that it takes a lot more work than yeah. showed it. It would have been a little bit more interesting, too, if we had seen her have to take, you know, an hour's worth of photos to get the fir- the one photo that right. she posts. Right. Right. That's not an interesting to watch, probably. No, but, but it feels more authentic. No. And I think people would relate to it more. 
Right. Yeah. And then at least I, we could. I think I agree. You know, a little bit more. Right. And maybe your friends get annoyed because, you know, and that's how we all feel is, is we have to take all hundred photos of you doing this thing. And it's like, can we just try more wine? Well, and every, and, and to be honest, you know, social media, even if you're not an influencer, so much of social media is like, okay, I want to get this one photo of this and blah, blah. And so that to, before you even take the million photos to, right. to then choose the one you like. So it's a thing where the way she, they portrayed it. So just like she just holds up, takes one snap and it's this beautiful, you know, like whatever, like it just, yeah, I feel like anyone can see, even the people that are in it can see right through the this is just not the way like it would have been a more compelling character if she was sort of vapid in the way that she's like, well, I have to go here because I have to get this picture. Yeah. Because I'm expecting content yeah. here, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Like that would have been more interesting to me um, because I know that person. Because that's a real person. I think at this point, we all know that person, right? We all have someone in our lives yeah. who is that person or we've dealt with that person or uh, we all have seen somebody who displays that behavior. Well, right? and I'll be honest, right. I can be that person sometimes, you know, I'm like, oh, I want this shot while we're here doing right. what we're doing. You know what I mean? Like that's the one I want to post. Yeah. Right. I think, but I think the fact that we're willing to admit it versus her being like, I just fell into this is a totally different. It's a way right. different. Yeah. yeah. This is, again, this is like a, yeah. a first world problem. And she'll well, and that's why it's like it. a Mary Sue. Oh, totally. Other yeah. than a compelling character thing. Well, right? the last time, the last time I was in Paris, I was with my sister who uh, is younger than all of us and, and is, she's, she's not an influence. She's not a whatever, but she does like, she has a very curated social media and they're like great photos, et cetera. But because I was the person with her, I was taking the photos and she knows I get <laughs> so annoyed by it. So I just remember being on the friggin' Eiffel tower being like, can we not just enjoy this view? And it was like, no, but one, but one more, but, but one more. And I was like, we're in, we're right. on the Eiffel tower. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't like heights. Can we just not? <laughs> like, yeah. I like agree. that feels more authentic to me. And than I think the that would have been more interesting. Right. We had that aspect of her character that everyone's annoyed with her, but she is very successful and it was help. You know what I mean? At it and, and examining what that or, or that nobody questions it, right? Her, the, the French girl who's dating the dude takes this, like, I remember they just got on the bed and like took a photo and I was like, she either, and, and part of it, I guess I forgot her character is like a, what is it? Museum, not a gallery curator or something like that. Yeah. But either way, it's like, oh, well, are you friends because of that? I'm reading too much into yeah. it, or I'm, I'm no, no, giving no, no, it more yeah. credit than it deserves, I yeah. think, in terms of, I think this is just me projecting a lot of my frustrations with the well, No, but this is what we works. do. I mean, we, we love media. We love films and shows, and, like, we watch these things, and, like, you know, when something is, like, misses the mark so spectacularly in so many ways, it's like, right. we, I can't help it, but to sit there and just try to figure out <laughs> all the ways it went wrong, you know what I mean? It can't, because it's just, it's like, it's it kind of astonishing. Right. And I think for me, especially like, because my actual job involves that, I'm like, yeah, I exactly. wish it was that easy. Wish, yeah. I wish, I wish it was uh, that easy to be like, yeah. oh, let's do this as a campaign. And it works yeah. every time. Well, if that it was, I don't think you have a job. Yeah. No, if it was, you probably wouldn't have a job because they wouldn't need you because it right. would just be so easy. <laughs> just like exactly. it'd be, it'd be these, like people would just do it themselves. They wouldn't have to go to a marketing agent. It's a little, it's a, you know, it's too bad. Yeah. Well, I'll still probably watch season two. I think it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, of the three things we talked about, I'd probably recommend it the highest. <laughs> I know, right? I don't know if that's sad or if that's just... Yeah, I don't know what that means, but I don't it, know. It, just, it might just be telling, you know? It's, these are the times, you know? These, these, are the, these are dark, dark times. <laughs> I will, you know, I'll take something fluffy. Yeah, it was distracting. I, I give it that, right? And I think we need that more than anything right now. And as much as we've spent an hour or whatever, like saying it's incoherent, it's still, it was predictable and therefore... Yeah. It, it, didn't just, it had, it had, 
it had some cute, fun little moments. It was, it was watchable. I just wanted it to yeah. have a little bit more depth because I think yes, we want more. The city yeah. definitely had that depth. You know, you really did truly care. About if this characters. came from somebody brand new and it wasn't out of Darren Star's mind, I wouldn't have been so harsh on it. Honestly, it's just like it's hard because it's just you have to draw the comparisons. Yeah. So for me, I actually I started drawing the comparisons, but I, I watched the first episode and then I saw it was Darren Star and I was like, oh, oh, okay, oh, okay yeah. That's, hmm, all right. I read an article that it was his new series and I was like, oh, okay. So for me, yeah, for me, that didn't start coming until partway through. So I did immediately mm -hmm. after watching the first episode though, I, without the Sex and the City stuff, I was like, and I do think it actually embraced more of that as it went along, like especially her fashion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> her outfits got more ridiculous. I was like, ah. More and more ridiculous. Yeah. And then she, she commented on how she was dressing to go to champagne and stuff. Like it got more like about the fashion. But it was yeah. just funny because she was not that character at first. She was just like this nerd. Yeah. Who, Which like, I liked. I know. liked her, not yeah. even being like a nerd, you. but like being more relate. That made yeah. her more, she got less and less yeah. relatable as it went on. She was fashionable, but she wasn't like talking about it. She just was wearing things that looked nice. And it was, you know, yeah. and it turned into. And then I was like, you wouldn't wear this. Yeah. Nobody would. But right, it turned into a thing where she became this other person about it, but we didn't talk about it at all. So it wasn't part of the story. It just decided to make yeah. it. wasn't a thing where, again, I hate to keep saying double wish Prada, but how Andy goes and then becomes well, what she Well, she makes hates. a conscious decision. You know what like I mean? She, yeah. she decides that she's going to step up her game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Emily doesn't make any conscious decisions, it feels like. Right. Because no, she has that all. heart to heart. And he's like, are you really trying? Because you're not really trying. Yeah. Like you're yeah. not trying to be part of this world. Right. You're just feeling bad for yourself. And then it's yeah. like, it makes a snap. And then she becomes kind of a way that she doesn't like. And then, well, you know, so there's more of a, a narrative. There's a character. <laughs> That's what we're missing. Which, I mean, yeah, we're missing that. If you that. look at her from the beginning of the show to the end of the show, she doesn't learn anything. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see where season two takes us. That uh, neighbor boy is staying because I guess what's his face invested in the oh, restaurant? And the guy that's. Yeah, also, I'm like, are there only eight didn't people see that in Paris? Coming. Like eight yeah, to 10 people are. in all of Paris? Oh, okay. Because yeah. there's only eight of them. They all want to sleep with her. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's getting very complicated with who she's going to sleep with next because she slept with chef boy but then it turns out he's getting the money from the guy who wants to be her mistress and then apparently the wife gave permission at that dinner oh so weird also but then like the girlfriend wants to get back i don't know it's oh, so frustrating yeah yeah it was, it was i'm not gonna lie yeah. i'm be that person yeah i mean i'm i'm ready for it to to get because they were like we said the boyfriend and the whole kind of the kiss and then oh my gosh that's that's your girlfriend it, it like set up a thing where it could start getting messy and then we kept kind of like playing around whatever and then it never really did and then there was even the moment where she like slept with her underage brother without knowing he's underage right. that, that could was... have gotten that could have gotten real messy and then it just like didn't it ended up being a thing where mom just wanted to talk about if her son's a good lover that and was so, it's this so thing where, i was like that oh, I, i'm not right i'm not on board but that it seems like i like, don't, don't understand this Funny, but I was. I mean, that might be our like yeah. American reservations. I don't know, but I also maybe. I but he was like, also underage, so I was like, I don't know, I don't get it. But yeah, but again, even then, how beyond, old is she? Because like, if she's in her thirties, that it feels very wrong, as opposed to like if she was in like yeah. early twenties. I'm like, Ugh, yeah, 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 yeah. Still gross, but okay, fine. And I get that she didn't know it, so I'm not saying she's like a crazy predator, but it's just a thing where it's like it. It was like okay, this is actually problematic, and then it could have been messy. It wasn't, and then so now. It's like she gets the text from friend being like, oh, he's staying. I need to talk to you right away, whatever. So now it's like, okay, this is complicated because now we slept together and this and that. So, you know, whatever. And so I'm ready for 
in a season two if, if it's really getting one I'm ready for like it to actually get a little bit messy because it just wasn't at all well, or I just wanted to resolve right you either have to be like this is yeah. the crux of the plot or this yeah. is done. but actual drama would be nice right. <laughs> you know what I mean drama nothing really actual nice. some actual stakes well. Yeah, I would like stakes. That would be nice. Agreed. Agreed. It's a couple one can one can wish. One can wish fulfillment. Basic bitch wish fulfillment. Yeah. We can. All talk. right. Well, thank oh. you both. Thank you yeah, for watching for having. with me. <laughs> yes, it was an interesting week. <laughs> it was a very weird week. Hello and welcome to We're Watching What. I'm your host Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and I'm joined once again by Jackie and Matt. And we had a few things to talk about this week. First off, we are talking about the news that Jamie Foxx is reprising his role as Electro in the next Spider-Man film. We did record this before the news that Doctor Strange is going to be in the next Spider-Man film, so I'm sure we'll have plenty to say about that. We also want to give a brief spoiler alert. We talked about two films in a TV show this week, and we do go pretty in-depth on them. We watched The Glorias, we watched Boys in the Band, and we watched Emily in Paris. And truth be told, we don't particularly recommend Boys in the Band or The Glorias, but if you happen to have seen them or are thinking about seeing them and are concerned about spoiler alerts, you fast forward to the next part. And for Emily in Paris, we somehow managed to watch all of it the weekend it came out, and so we do go into details there. So with that heads up, here's We're Watching What. Okay, so what are our thoughts on this whole kind of um, crossing over of previous Spider-Men into the Spider-Man villains into our current kind of Spider-Man incarnation? I don't love it. I know they kind of did it, but I with, with Jonah Jameson, you know, he, he appeared there true um in the credits and i right at the very very end i guess i completely forgot about that until you mentioned it and i didn't love that movie in general so it's it makes sense that you forgot about it i don't know i was just, just kind of like i it don't know it, but they, it was fine i liked it better than the first one i will say but, really um, oh i like the yeah. first one better see i didn't love the first one but but yeah i don't I know i mean he was a very good villain like it wasn't that exciting it wasn't that no right it wasn't, so it just seems like why are we rehashing this why my thoughts are that the only reason to rehash it is because they want to do, do better. more of a Spider-Verse thing where they want to start, I don't know if they're going to do something crazy where they're going to blend the different somehow timelines and things and, you know, <laughs> different. I mean, maybe they want a mile. Yeah, yeah they like maybe mile. they'll intro, somehow they're going to use it, you know, to intro that kind of thing. I don't really know. I can't really imagine why anyone would care. I. I think Jamie Foxx is a great actor. I did not think that movie was good at all. I did not think the character was great. And I just was kind of glad to be done with it. So not thrilled, I will say. <laughs> I just think nothing about it was fantastical enough to be like, yes, let's put this in the new universe. Right. right. I think one of, the, one of my biggest problems with Marvel villains is I think DC truly does have a stronger kind of lineup of villains in general. There are certainly, and I think, um, you know, X-Men coming back to Marvel is its own separate thing but in in terms of the cinematic portrayals we've seen but spider-man has always been the exception because spider-man has great villains and so why are we recycling one is my question aside from your classic your green goblin your doc ock who are just staples of it like there are so many extended spider-man as much as i thought it was totally absurd the fact that mysterio was the villain in the last one you know i was like okay we're experimenting a little bit we're it was cool yeah so the fact that we're bringing back electro of all of them well because if we were going to bring someone back i would have been mysterio because that was actually kind of cool cinematically right i I, mysterio already having being in this version of in the mcu at this point it's it's as if i don't know with setting up sinister six and stuff they just want to go back and they want to include electro and and I know they've already teased, we have Carnage coming out of the Venom side of things. And I don't know if Venom, Tom Hardy Venom will ever be seeing his time in MCU. And I don't know, you know, we look at, I know they teased like Scorpion was in prison, I believe. 
Yeah. So, you know, they're, they're teasing that kind of different stuff and they just want to include electro in it. And I, I, I just think that you could go and, and just do it new. <laughs> I mean, it's also, <laughs> you know? it's also one of those weird, like kind of taking yourself out of it, putting the, unfortunately, like the intellectual property hat on it. Marvel doesn't have any rights to Venom, I believe, because they, they okay. negotiated Spider-Man appearing with the Avengers, etc. But I think that Sony has been very defensive of keeping everything else so they can build that Sinister Six, so they can build their kind of roster of cinematic universe on their side. So the fact that they're bringing back Jamie Foxx, but with Tom Holland and all this, it's very confusing. And I'm, I'm sure some of this is contractually motivated, or I'm mm-hmm. guessing some of it's contractually motivated, but... I want things to be story motivated, not contractually motivated. <laughs> exactly. And that's what always gets kind of messy is you just want it to be just authentically the stories that we actually want to be telling. And, and if, if you can't tell the ones you want to be telling, then maybe there's not a hurry to do it. Like I love, I do really enjoy Tom Holland as Spider-Man. And I think that him in the grander like Avengers movies has been great. Mm-hmm. His standalones, I think they, they have a place, but they're not my favorite Spider-Man movies. I, I do think as much as I love Spider-Man, it's just, it's kind of like, there are so many characters to tell stories about in the Marvel Universe that this third reboot of a Spider-Man film in our modern age here didn't necessarily need to happen either. Right. So it's just this kind of thing where to that point, maybe just wait, like as we are with X-Men, wait until it's time for the MCU to actually do it the way that they exactly want to do it without anyone else or- having a hat give us Miles Morales. Like that's really the story I want to see at this point. Like that is so modern. It's so relevant. It's so good. I think Spider-Verse is the greatest Spider-Man movie of the entire Spider-Man, I think, canon. I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Well, and that that comic event, the Spider Into the Spider-Verse comic event was incredible. And there's so many stories Mm -hmm. you can tell there that we can branch off of this animated version and either create more animated ones, which because it was gorgeous and perfect and animated, or, you know, you can create some live action from the same sort of story, too. Yeah. I'd love to get us some Cindy Moon, you know, silk. Well, and it's almost as if they laid a little bit of the groundwork, because I think in the first Tom Holland Spider-Man, wasn't Donald Glover's character Miles Morales' uncle? Yeah. If I remember correctly. I completely forgot that Donald Glover was in Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's how yeah, memorable there a, it was. There were a slew of people who kind of, when he originally got cast, people thought, oh, he's going to be Miles Morales, even though he's much too old to be Miles Morales. I mean, I think Donald's great, but, you know, Miles is so young. Right. If you compare it to Peter Parker. But I believe he was the character, uh, his character was Miles Morales' uncle. So it almost seemed as if maybe they could have been setting up the groundwork for a little passing of the torch type of thing or something that they could do in the future. But it's it's interesting. I, I don't know. I know. It's just, it's Tom Holland is such a baby. Like, he's so young. There is no universe in which... Tom Holland can play Peter Parker and pass the mantle to Miles Morales. Right. It's just, I don't care how much aging makeup you put on that kid. He looks like a child and good for him too. You know, he's going right. to be effervescent, <laughs> but that doesn't set up, which, which is disappointing because it makes me feel like we're never going to get, or we're just pushing that storyline that much further out. Agreed. Agreed. And it's, and to that, to like what you, like you said, if we're going to be kind of regurgitating Spider-Man stories on the big screen, let's freshen it up with, like you said, let's do Miles, let's do a Spider-Gwen, let's do something, let's do something. All these other Spider-Verse stories that silk, silk, are silk, just silk. as interesting, if not more interesting, and one and something that a lot of people aren't as familiar with would be something interesting, fresh to bring to the franchise. Because a lot of them have similar stories to Peter Parker's. That's a hero's mm-hmm. journey sort of thing that we all love. So um, why not? I know, and they yeah. did, there was news about Silk a couple of years ago, and I remember getting really excited about it, and then nothing, and then there was the, I want to say Olivia Wilde news recently? Yeah, I think we talked about that yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I think, I think that might be Spider-Woman, but we'll yeah. see. Yeah, or maybe at least 
Spider Gwen. I guess she's a little old for Spider Gwen. Well, it came. <laughs> and, um, maybe we'll have. To, I'll have to look into into the articles again because I remember when it was like she she signed on to do a, oh, a Spider Verse. Directing. She's I think directing. She's directing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. But My bad. We That's all so thought. But when the first articles came out, I don't think it was confirmed she was directing. And so my mind was like, well, she's playing a character. And Spider-Woman, I, th I think, fits the best there. No, but, but I do think uh, she's directing. I don't think she's starring. Yeah. So, yeah, never mind. Give me Spider-Gwen. Give me Spider-Gwen and Silk and let's call it a day. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be incredible. I mean, even Spider-Woman's fantastic. Just mm -hmm. really yeah. great. So Maybe I'm they can get that. all three. Give them all three. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. But I'll take Thank it you. in a heartbeat. I'll take it Okay, so speaking of people who look way too young to be playing the age they're playing, the Glorias. <laughs> <laughs> what did everyone think of the Glorias? Because I have my thoughts, but I want to hear what everyone else. Oh, God. That movie just wouldn't end. Like, how was long so, was that movie? So, I think it was a little over two and a half. It was so, so, so long. And it, it, was, an it was It was a 2020 long. Mm. I just, it, it felt I, it. I really could never, I kept having to pause it and figure out how much longer it could possibly be. Yep. It was, yeah. it just dragged. Oh, it dragged. I think the whole bus thing with all of the characters and different ages on it was ridiculous. It's so overdone. It I was going to say that was the idea that I liked, but it just, the execution of it, I couldn't get behind. Yeah. But I thought the idea of it was interesting. And I was like, okay, I kind of like this inner monologue talking to yourself and if you could talk to yourself at a younger age what would that person be saying to you versus what you're thinking now I liked that idea it just I did not think the execution which I want every time I was rolling my eyes well it's it's similar in the way that I like the idea of when she was confronted with sexism that she sort of went to this different place in her head full of rage and like whatever but it always they always went on too long mm -hmm. and they always went to crazier places than they should have whereas like mm -hmm. if it was just like a momentary thing where, you know, because we all, I don't know, whenever we're confronted with things like that, at least I can definitely understand the feelings of rage, but not sure how much you can push it in the moment and not sure how much you can say, right? And then sort of beating yourself up after when you didn't really confront what happened to you in the moment. And so I thought those were cool, but it, like the idea was cool, but the execution was just flummoxing. I feel like she wanted it to be a play. I feel like a lot of this stuff would have been like a set piece, right? Like a bus and moving, and then you have two characters on stage playing the same character. And it's funny because the other thing we'll talk about this week is a play that became a movie. And I'm like, this is a movie that should have been a play, and a stage mm -hmm. play at that. Because especially because it is Julie Taymor and is capable of these big set pieces. And those sequences just drove me nuts in this. I was like, this is just unnecessary. And then yeah. It didn't show up like the tap dancing, like that was kind of cute, but it went on too long, you know, and I, I think she was trying to add like a musical sensibility to it or something, but it was. But you can't do that an hour in is my thing, right? You can't suddenly no, add all the these sequences. Yeah, you have to, you have to introduce the concept early. It felt completely incoherent. It just was, it wasn't cohesive throughout the whole thing. And, and I think the bus's idea, it all kind of, for me, felt like it was all there to lead to just that one final final shot in the bus mm -hmm. that I actually thought was pretty cool when we kind of go and we actually end with the actual Gloria. Yeah. You know, and kind of going through the different ages. And I, I did appreciate that shot. And I felt like, like going to the women's march, that was cool. Like And I then the entire rest of the film with her doing her real speech and showing it made me like, why was this not just a documentary? Yeah. Because that part had me in tears, actually. The, well, the that part final I got part of the film. Super emotional about because that was part of it. And, and so I was just, mm -hmm. so I had the exact same feeling where I was just annoyed that I had watched this weird, fantastical version of her life 
when I would have rather just a biopic, mm-hmm. you know, with the actual drama. And, yeah. and so it was interesting because I, I didn't realize who directed it until about an hour in and, a, and then I was like, oh God, okay. I have, I have, I'm not a big yeah. Julie Tamer fan. Like I'm just gonna throw yeah. it out there. And then one of the things that really got to me about this was the way that Alicia Vikander did the voice. She kind of sounded a little murky when she did it. I was like, I don't, I don't know if I know exactly what she sounds like. And so I went to, I saw an interview of Julie Taymor and, and Gloria. And it was funny because she, one, Gloria's name doesn't really sound like that. And then two, Julie Taymor said, she's like, this is a road picture. It's not a docu, it's not an autobiography and it's not a traditional biopic. And I think it's because it's based on Gloria Steinem's book. And I was like, that helps in terms of framing. That made me feel a little, a little less lost once I, you know, I'd, I'd paused and I picked it up again after that. But I still was like, I, it's too ambling for me. And as you both said, the, the last bit definitely got me, but I was like, that's five minutes versus the two and a half hours I had to watch prior to get to that point and the fact that it didn't lead me up to that. And I honestly yeah. feel like it wasn't that, that if I had just seen that sequence by itself, I would have gotten emotional. I didn't yeah. need the buildup. Mm-hmm. So the buildup was not movie. helpful. And it just made me upset because she has, she's an amazing woman. She's done incredible things. And I just would have rather celebrate that I guess. Yeah no I, I there's a lot to unpack in everything you just said because I was just all these thoughts going around. First off Alicia Vikander I love the woman I think she is fantastic this was not her role this was not her no. movie I, I did not I, I didn't see it for her. I will say the most taken aback like what moment of the film even beyond the weird animated portions of <laughs> you know. <laughs> the Wizard of Oz bit yeah. Yeah even beyond that was the moment when we decided to change from Alicia to Julianne Moore the age of 37 and we had <laughs> and we had and we had Janelle <laughs> Monet looking exactly the same with everyone else in the room and I was like wait when did that happen wait wait what? <laughs> like, and I love you know, these with these women but that wasn't the time. I paused the film and I was like, what just happened? Yeah. Because I'm very confused on why all of a sudden we're Julianne Moore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it yeah, was it very, was- very bizarre. And, and, you know, I think that the film, um, and, I, and I thought Julianne Moore did a really great job. I she was the best of think, the Glorias, I think. She I think was the she best was, of the Glorias. Except for actual sure. Gloria <laughs> in for her sure, documentary. Right, right. Bit, yeah. I, I will say, I thought she did great, but I, I, you know, obviously, you know, it's a different context here, but I thought with Mrs. America, I thought Rose Byrne kind of took the Gloria torch for me this year, as far as like, if we're looking at all the performances of Gloria, <laughs> I thought Rose Byrne really killed it, but Julianne would get my second. And, you know, she was great, but I think that the biggest thing the film suffers from, aside from it just almost trying to be strange in a way, rather, is there are these people, like, say, Gloria Stenham, who are amazing people, have done amazing things, and reading an autobiography or watching a documentary is so interesting, right? But not, not everyone's life makes a good film that's mm. not like that's like almost not a fictional film but you know what I'm saying like an actual film where we're having people play them it just because the person is amazing and interesting as a human doesn't mean that their whole life is interesting enough for us to like go and watch through dramatized in a way and and you're just kind of giving us little snippets of oh and this happened then this happened then this happened but nothing really landed as this really heavy moment or this kind of so there were there are moments but thing where unfortunately when you're going to make a film like this I feel like you have to you do kind of have to embellish a little bit and kind of make make things more dramatic than they are to make it really interesting to the viewer you know in a, in a way where well, otherwise it I, should be a documentary it's kind of when looking at on the basis of sex versus rbg's you know documentary that came out in the same year on the basis of sex i thought was a decent film but i would watch that documentary five times over 
before watching on the basis of sex. Well, agreed. But I also think that it had to do with pacing, right? Because if you can, if you can pace things and you can actually have a culmination of her life in some way. And I think she was trying to do that with the Women's March, right? She was trying to say that everything sort of led to this moment, but she didn't do it correctly, right? There wasn't like- There wasn't that catharsis. Right, like I feel like if we had actually done the pacing correctly and you know put all the things together in a way that they added up to that, it could have been really powerful and really cool. Mm -hmm. But because it was meandering and had all these weird, artsy things in it you know which I'm not against an art movie in any way shape or form but I think that they ruined the climax and it almost it just it, it seems like it's what happens when you try to cover too much ground in a narrative where nothing totally. nothing ever like you look back and I can't picture the parts that were the very powerful parts it's not all I can picture is is really the weirdness and then the last five minutes of actual yeah. Gloria and so I don't know it just goes back to be wishing it was a documentary well so yeah. I was I was like this either could have been a documentary or a miniseries because I think mm -hmm. if you gave it room to breathe you don't need as much of a linear kind of progression because it was more or less linear even though it bounced back and forth a little bit between these moments I was like if you're gonna get bounced back then bounce back don't keep us moving so aggressively forward and then be like, oh, by the way, here's a moment in time that's memory. But if you'd had, if you'd taken time to expand on each era of her life, right? Like the, the whole Playboy in bed could have been an entire hour. Exactly. And unfortunately it took up so much time in this, but didn't then sort of rush Play through that. Like, yeah, the, 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 they, they rushed through the fallout of it that got her to the next point that they felt was Ooh, important. And yes, and that was such a bummer because it was such an interesting thing. And then it just kind of like, oh yeah, I'm not going to do that because I don't want to be a bunny forever. But that's no. but that's exactly what the, the, you know what I mean when I'm like I, I agree with you guys and I agree with Dana saying that you know a, an actual miniseries would have been more powerful because what you'd have to do there is dramatize. all these you'd different chapters dramatize, yeah. dramatize and all these different chapters of her life have to have some sort of story within themselves that yeah. has some sort of resolution whether it's I'm changed this way because of this or you know we have to see the character progress from the different things we're seeing and this was so just a big overarching kind of abridged version of here's some here are, are some examples of interesting things that happened in this woman's life and here's who mm -hmm. she is today but nothing felt like it carried a lot of weight or something that meant like, you know, the payoff, like you said, it wasn't there. So you need that payoff in all these different segments of the film before we progress to the next part to make that ending feel so powerful because of the film, not just because it was real yeah. glorious time, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't, I can't say I would rush out to necessarily watch it again or highly, highly recommend it. I would not somebody, be watching that again. <laughs> if somebody wanted to watch it and was just really interested in watching it, I wouldn't say absolutely don't. Someone might find <laughs> no, some I things would, to enjoy about it, but it wasn't my favorite. I would warn them that it feels very long mm -hmm. and that it is pretty strange and that yeah, but it's, it not, is, it's don't expect a traditional. But she has a, she has an interesting life. So I did like learning parts of I mean, her life. But this is know, a scenario where I want to be like, you should probably read the book. Like that's, I, I, I read I the book, but I, I think people would probably get more out of the book. I think it's interesting yeah. coming from Gloria. I don't think it's that interesting coming from somebody else. Well, that, that's the other thing that was interesting to me is like, I feel like she definitely, one may have had too much input into this. Mm -hmm. And then two, yeah, I think she just may have had too much input into it. And, and it's as close as we're going to get to her having blessed it. So that's yeah. what it's going to be. So she gets a ton of flack now for not being, for basically being a white feminist, right? And so for not being as inclusive as she should be. I do feel like it was trying to do some I'm damage so control awesome on that front. That that, yeah, Definite exactly. damage so control. I thought it was hilarious 
how much emphasis they put on her like wanting loving diversity and all this stuff so yeah. I think that that was her uh, defense for all of the flack that she's been getting over the yeah. recent years because I was like oh, okay <laughs> I loved I will say I loved the part I did love the little comment it was it was when she was Alicia at that first kind of rally and uh, she was standing next to a black woman and I forget the exact exchange, what it was, but it was um, the black woman had said, she had said something and then the black woman had said like, well, what are you going to do about it? And Alicia, well, Gloria, I, man, I'm going to have to look back at this quote now, but it was, it was powerful because the, the woman was kind of like, you white women, you just think that, you know, if you're not, yeah, you don't have to do anything either because you think it's like, oh, I'm a woman, I can be, you know, it's like, no, it's a separate thing where you have more privilege than we have. So if you're not going to stand up for us, then who is? Right. You know, and, and, and yeah, I, I appreciate that, that moment. I, I remember that moment. And it also, I think it had to do with like enlisting men to help. But the, right. the, the thing that rubbed me the wrong way about that moment was that woman just kept talking. Like nobody talks like that in real life, right? And and I had the same thought. Right. I was like, why? And is you she can still... dramatize and you can sort of soliloquize a little bit and give us a little bit of narration, but in character, but this was just too much, right? Like nobody talks like that. Like the dialogue could have been better, but <laughs> well even the delivery or the cutting yeah, of it? Word, I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. I think it was the cut because the monologue went across couple you know what I mean they yeah were it was like marching and the then bunch, they were standing and, and then they were doing marching this. Yeah. and then they were standing and it was like it was still the same conversation and I'm like ooh, no one's had that conversation for that long <laughs> it, well you it wasn't know? even a conversation it was a monologue and that was the yeah. problem right I think if the Gloria character had responded and be like oh that's interesting tell me more or something and just any sort of reaction instead of this one woman having to stand and deliver these lines I felt like that right. was certainly missing for and I, I there was a woodenness to the whole thing that was the other thing that got me for having some amazing amazing actresses I know, it was not emotionally yeah. compelling no. at all like even when her dad dies you know and he was a fairly likable character despite being sort of flaky it wasn't that bad yeah. no not really or the way she handled it wasn't so fun trivia pop quiz oh. Gloria Steinem is a very famous person's stepmother does anybody know who and I can start giving you clues but you can if you want to guess without googling I would need a clue but okay I would need a clue also. they have played a superhero Brie Larson is it, a, is it a woman or a man? It's a man. Oh, that opens it up too much. Ooh, okay, um, so are we talking movie superhero? TV movie superhero. superhero. I can start narrowing if you want, but I'll yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm welcoming narrowing at this point. I'm it's a movie super superhero. I don't know this, okay. Okay, yeah, it's okay. it's a DC Comics movie superhero. Oh. Um, not Henry Cavill, not Jason Momoa. <laughs> that would be hilarious, though. That would be that wonderful. Would be so wonderful. Um, not Ezra Miller. That would be terrifying. Not no. Robert Pattinson. Not uh, Robert Pattinson is on the right track. Okay. There's a Batman. Yes. And it's a, okay. Christian Bale. Yeah. It's Christian Bale. Gloria Steinem really? is, or I don't, I don't know what happens if your spouse has died. Do you Does that make you still their stepmother? Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, she married so. Christian Bale's father. That was oh. her marriage. As we learned from Clueless, you divorce wives, not children. So yeah. this is true. <laughs> <laughs> it always comes back to clueless. Yeah, so that I'm is something that like is that. something I learned at, at during the after seeing this film. So I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of yeah, cool. I had no that's, idea. That's, that's a cool. little fun trivia. Yeah, I enjoy that. But yeah, I, I, that. I wouldn't really watch. That. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be kind. I'm not. I'm never. I'm watching trying to be kind, it, but, but I. I struggled <laughs> with watching it through the first time. Like I'm just. Gonna, I'm gonna be honest. It was too long. I really like if it was an hour short. The, the second part of it to me was better. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, I agree. Which means with the first hour was expendable. Yeah. Exactly. But when Julianne got involved, I started liking it better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it also started 
unfortunately for it, it also started covering the time period that I was already had at top of mind through Mrs. America. Right. It, it was kind of that kind of thing where, you know, I thought Julianne's entry kind of did start improving it, but I didn't care as much about what's going on. I was more interested in the earlier life stuff because I already knew these things. <laughs> yeah. So I have to kind of say that, which it's not the film's fault that I saw that show, but you know, I, I overall just I would not recommend it highly. All right. So speaking of <laughs> things that, uh, you know, the other thing we are going to talk about this week, or one of the other things was what a play that is a movie, whereas I think Gloria's wanted to be a play and is Boys in the Band. Yes. What are our thoughts? Wow, it, why did they bother making it a movie when they shot it basically like it was a stage play? <laughs> like yeah, well, was... what's interesting is I had never seen, because, you know, it's also a movie from 1970, I think, and yeah, I had never yeah. seen that version before. I always knew it existed, and I know it's a play from the 60s, and I know that this, I guess, was kind of a shot-for-shot shot type of regurgitation of that first film. So I will say... I understand saying, hey, that's a big a story, a, a play, a movie that's all kind of has resonated with LGBTQ community and things. And, you know, it's, it's of course, pre-AIDS outbreak, pre-Stonewall, these things. So it's, it's interesting that it can kind of, some of the thematics in it kind of do transcend still, like to this day, it's self-deprecating and all the things that people um, struggle with when you're constantly told that the world doesn't like you. So I thought that was interesting and kind of like, I could see that the thought behind, hey, let's make this. But I did feel like, why not go all the way and modernize it? Why don't you know? Why not make it take place today? Have the characters be in, uh, in having the same kind of. You can keep the story the same, but have the characters update their their experiences and things like that to more of a today audience, or even the last 10, 12 years, and kind of show that a lot of the same things are still happening, but just it's but in more of a modern way to make it fresh and something that you'd want to watch. Because I will say. I don't know why I did not love, I did not love this movie. And I don't know why I did this, but it really intrigued me to think about like, I, I hear the first one is so much better and I couldn't find it anywhere. It's not available mm. for streaming or anything. I found it on YouTube in pieces and I watched it. Like people have, wow. it's like there's, they posted like in 12 parts and I watched the different parts and I will tell you, it was a lot better. It was just, it was acted better. It felt oh, more unique. It it's felt like, and I love all of those actors, but God, could it be more overacted in most right. of the scenes? Like yeah. the dialogue, they made the dialogue seem awful. They were playing caricatures. They were trying to play the actors who were in the original. And that's what was so bizarre to me. Because yeah, something was... felt off about it. And that's why I was like, I got to look into, I just wanted to see some scenes from the original. And, I, and then I stumbled uh -huh. across and, I, and it was interesting because it was like the original I thought was, it wasn't amazing. I didn't think it was the most amazing film of all time or anything either, but it was something I found it more powerful. And it, and it felt like the, the performances were more authentic feeling. And I got to say, I don't know if this is controversial, wasn't a big fan of uh, the show. <laughs> Wait, oh my gosh. Big Bang Theory. But big Bang Theory. I am, I, I, I don't, I'm not really on the Jim Parsons train. I do not like Jim Parsons. I don't either. I just think he, he seems that, I, I, he's trying, he is. Like he was, he did his thing in, in Hollywood earlier this year, trying to do, you know, he was kind of a bad guy in that. Um, and this was a different role as well, but he's kind of just got that thing where he's so unique of a, of a voice and a look and everything where he's just the same person every time I see him and I'm not into it. I think he has the potential to break out of this character, but he doesn't. I hope so. The thing that frustrated me is, is uh, I think going back to, we, we, you both touched on it, that if you're going to make it a movie, you need to take advantage of the visual medium of being a movie. You are not constrained to one place. You can show other things. And I think they like touched on that with some of the flashbacks, but 
If you're going to trap it in an apartment, then why? Why not do one of those recordings of a stage play? And then the other thing about Jim Parsons is, again, characters who monologue, he just monologued and monologued and no, not even trying to wait for a response for the other characters. It was just sort of acting at them, not acting with them for me. Yeah. Yeah, it felt I, I very much, it, that's why it just, it felt like a stage play to me. Like they were monologuing to some audience, you know, yeah. instead of interacting. And they didn't have the feedback from the audience. Right, and so it, it, it didn't have that same unique feel because I feel like it would have been powerful if I had been sitting in the audience, right? But watching it, it just didn't land. It was flat. And, and, you know, this has been done, even same kind of structure has been done, in my opinion, much more successfully. I mean, one of my favorite films of all time, not the same structure here, but favorite films of all time is Closer, and that's based on a play. And I thought that that film adapted that play very well. But then you also look at something like August Osage County, which I actually really do love. However, I know some people don't love that, but that's a play and it's that same kind of structure where you're starting with, here's this character, here's this character, and then everyone kind of arrives and then leaves. You know what I mean? And we're still in that mm. same house. Whereas they do leave the house a couple of times in that, but what it takes place mostly in that house. And it's just kind of unraveling the family drama and all the different things that all these people are going through when they come together for this one event and then they go their separate ways. They're just kind of going with their lives. It's just like a snapshot of a moment, right? That worked for me very well in a way that this doesn't work, but it's a similar kind of structure there. You know, and I didn't find that these actors made these characters' stories and journeys interesting enough. Mm -hmm. And the ones that I found the most interesting were the actors I wasn't familiar with, to be honest. The others that I knew of felt really well. I didn't really find it interesting. I mean, I love Zachary Quinto, but I was just not into that performance no. particularly. Yeah. I didn't understand why it was so angry. And, and I think we're supposed to, I don't know. Yeah, I just, I wasn't into it. It, it really did it. not connect me. And I did find, Matt, your point was interesting about modernizing it. And I hadn't thought about it that way because one of the things that really did stand out to me is I was like, this feels antiquated. And this feels, you, I think you can be a snapshot in time and you can engage in the language that would have been common then and still be relevant. But this, there was something about this that just did not gel well with me where I was like, really, I was like, I don't feel like there's vitriol behind those words. Like the, the, the characters are performing them with that way. And I don't think they are really conveying how hurtful those words, especially at that time would have been. And I think right. we have been kind of numbed to them. And, and so the fact that we were hearing them flown about and they were in the same sort of cadence, in the same sort of, they just got glossed over them. And for me, that was problematic because I was like, you aren't really showing how horrible this would have been. Like how insulting these things would have been at the time. You're just waiting for your, to deliver your next line. Like you're waiting for your cue. And that, right. I really struggle with that. But I think if you modernized it and said those things now, which are things that people still use as slurs and you know, there's race related ones, there's, you know, sexual orientation related ones. I think it could have had even more impact, but it's still something that's going on. Right, just yeah. like refresh it a little bit. This this felt like a remake and it was, yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, a remake uh, of an adaptation, by the way. <laughs> but it, but it, was, it just felt like there was no point to making it. Mm -hmm. Like, why did you bother with this this version? It didn't bring anything new to the table. The performances were lackluster. And it just, so it's just disappointing because I think at this point, that story, while maybe groundbreaking in the 60s is trite now in a certain way and I do feel like you can you can still make it have emotion you know we all watch the same story over and over again in a lot of different ways um, but it's just how you deliver it how you act it that bring it life and it just didn't do that and it comes down to actors going and trying to make something their own if you will rather than regurgitating what was already done 
Yep. And I think that that is what they where where everyone across the board kind of missed the mark here, where it was saying, "Hey, I'm gonna. This is the character I'm playing. I'm just gonna go over the top and act it that way." Rather. I have than, a question about you know. the plot, actually, because mm -hmm. I was okay. So you know Jim Parsons' character, and so he basically spends his whole night trying to trap his college buddy into admitting that he's gay and like loves this other guy right yeah. well it felt like the whole time he was leading up to them having been in love right Jim and the the guy but then it was about this third person who wasn't on screen or anywhere and then I felt like we just lost the moment because why does he care so much about this third person I so I I'm not gonna lie I'm totally zoned out a bit the the thing I maybe took away from him, I was like oh is Jim Parsons in love with this third person and that by trying to get the college roommate or the college buddy to admit it, he's actually, that that would have been him admitting it. That like, he was actually in love with him the whole time. I yeah, I think, you could, I, think, I think you could take that away from it. I think the point beyond who loves whom and who, who, who thinks this about this person and why this person is involved, I think the whole takeaway was supposed to be gay men are self-hating. And at mm. the time, you know, especially even more so, but it was this way where Jim Parsons' character, and that's, you know, that's a blanket statement, but that's the main one is this Jim, Jim Parsons' character was so just in his own head and just mean and all these different things and stuff because he didn't want to face his own, his own problems and things like that. But everyone, you know, when he gets confronted, finally, just kind of like, why are you so awful? Like, like what is, you know, we want to be friends, but it's this kind of unlikely friendships that seemed to all be, and I, I put air quotes around friendships here, that it, it kind of happened to be friends and in the same room together because they were all safe around each other. Whereas now that is a little bit different, I think, depending on what part of the country you're in. If you're in New York, like they are, it's a different time in the 60s than it is now. So it's something where they were friends with the ones that they knew they could trust and, and not get killed on the streets or not get, you know, harassed this and that. And so just because it's like being gay was what made them friends. Right. Even though... They yeah, didn't actually they have didn't... all that much in common, you know? And so it's kind right. of exploring that idea that this self-hating and self-deprecating and everything. And it's like, you're looking for a lifeline kind of, but you're just not going to find it with these people that you don't even like very much, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, I can feel that. But I, I just, it's, it's to Dana's point where they just didn't build in the gravity there. Like it just no. didn't feel like they were getting killed on the street because people knew this or because they were just and, reciting lines because what was what was interesting too was you know when his friend calls and is coming over they're baiting him right this friend into knowing they're gay mm -hmm. which was very strange for me in a situation where it was dangerous yeah that you know, i mean like, that was the biggest plot hole to me right is if you've got this predatory esque or not predatory but he's just violent right you've got potentially this well, no, we I mean, know. at one point he hits right. somebody else in the face. Right, but we don't right. know at the time. We don't know what Oh, yes, 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 yes. But, but so after right. that, why don't you kick him out? There's just, right. that, just that's stayed. where that play would have ended, right? Like, kick him out. If he, mm -hmm. if he is truly a well, threat, if you are wor that worried about not behaving in a, a flamboyant way in front of this character, and then he socks one of you in the face because you're gay, kick him out. This is, this well, is... And that was what was a strange thing to me. And then, you know, Jim Parsons' character is like, oh, he has to stay, he has to stay. And then it was so anticlimactic that it was about this third person that we don't know or care about. Right. I think it would have been a little bit more meaningful if he had been in a relationship with Jim at least the whole time and not pretending that he didn't know. Yeah. I think one of, one of my biggest takeaways from it was like, okay, I think a lot of the challenges these characters are facing just from external forces still exist today. But the fact that we don't connect with this at all and we're like, what's wrong with them? 
hopefully means that to a degree we have evolved as a society and that we don't relate as much to this because we're like, well, these aren't quite problems that we're facing. You know, again, we still face many of the aspects involved, but that this behavior is, we're able to face and be like, that's just, that's ridiculous. Somebody today would not deal with that. Yeah. And that's why exactly the same way that these characters did. Right. And that's why I think that's almost maybe why where I'm looking at it, kind of putting more weight onto the self-hate thing, yeah. because I'm like, that's the only thing I can really see very clearly. That is something that is, I'm sure has carried through with people, you know, of all, of all walks of life, of course, but when you are different. Right, any other member of society. Yeah, you can take that in yeah, and I think really, that was really a- be hard on yourself. And I think that resonates, but other than that, it's, it's kind of just- Well, mm. I think that moment was supposed to be sort of the climax when he's crying and he's like, why do we hate ourselves so much? Mm-hmm. But even then it was just hard to connect to. So uh, resounding recommendations for all of us, clearly, to watch Boys and Kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The good news is if you subscribe to these, these, you know, Netflix and Amazon Prime, you don't have to go, you know, pay yeah. money to rent these hey. or rent the BBC, and they're there if you want to. But... If you hate yourself, feel free to watch this movie, <laughs> <laughs> because you'll hate yourself more after. It's about self-hate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. 